Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we celebrate our country's independence by celebrating Nintendo dependence. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> I was, we, could wait for, we could wait forever. If you don't fall, if you if, don't, if like, I don't ask that, you a question, yeah. if I just say I'm joined by I Mark Mitchell. I sit here in stony silence. And then I got to do the whole episode like by myself. Like a bear from the Country Bear Jamborees before the show starts. Yeah, or after the show's over, really. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same thing when you're on a loop. I'm saying that like the end of the day. Park is closed. Oh, sure. Does the Country Bear Jamboree still exist? It does. Okay. In uh, Tokyo, Disneyland, and at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Its original home. Opening day attraction, 1971. Wow. That's uh, more information than you asked for? It, it, I mean, yes, it was more information than I asked for. I'm happy to have it. Thank you for telling me about the Country Bear Jamboree. Anytime. Um, but not again. Just the one time. Here's something that you can do just one time, and really you could, you could do it more than once. Borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You know you want to. You know you can, if nothing else. Certainly you can. All you have to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. Uh, with a mailing address, and then I send you uh, this game card and you play it. Or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, you just put it up on, uh, if you have like a mantle, like a fireplace, mm-hmm. you just display it prominently. And people will come yeah. into your house and Next say... Next to, like, family photos. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's and like, le- oh, what a beautiful family you have. Ah, what an interesting copy of Sonic Forces. And you'll say, yes, there's an interesting story behind this. I didn't purchase this. I just listened to a podcast, and now it's in my home. Yeah, uh, but be sure to plug the name of the podcast. Yes. It's the least please, you can do in that it scenario. It is the least you can do. <laughs> I listened to a podcast, and I won't tell you what it is. Um, oh, Mark, we look. It is the Fourth of July today. Happy Fourth of July, happy, Patrick. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day. Um, we have got to discuss Nintendo dependence. Uh, so let uh, let us dither no further. Uh, and start just start talking about it. Okay. Um, so this is just fun wordplay, right? Inde- yeah, that's all in- it is. Independence and Nintendo dependence. Exactly. Um, what do we mean specifically? We're talking about, uh, uh our favorite kid characters in Nintendo yes. games. Children who are part of the Nintendo universe. Um, and what we will go through, we each brought five to the table mm-hmm. here. Um, uh, so we will go through with our favorites. And then I believe, uh, we had discussed maybe determining which of them should be emancipated? Yes, the possibility exists. Right, but uh, we, we will decide once we have our full list of 10 whether or not that is something we want to do. Mm-hmm. I do not want to jump the gun on this, Mark. No. Okay, um, would you like to go first or should I? You know, I would, I would love for you to go first. Okay, um, my first child character comes from the world of The Legend of Zelda. Uh, specifically, I'm talking the Wind Waker. I am 
the child here is Medley, the Rito uh, chief daughter or whatever she is um, from uh, Wind Waker. She is a little bird person. She takes care of the prince uh, and is also like kind of the, she tends to the dragon god, uh, Valu. Um, and then also you get to control her in a Zelda game, which is, those games are not very well known for allowing you to control yeah, other super characters. Um, and the, it only happens in this game two times, once with her and once with, is his name Makar or Ma- Markar, the, the little Deku guy? Mm, I think so. Um, and I think I may prefer him to her because he's adorable, right? He's so cute. Um, but it's not clear if he's a child, right? Is he a child? I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. Um, but I think she's really cool. She has like a harp that um, she mostly uses to reflect light <laughs> like you do with most harps. Um, but she's a, you know, a cool flying warrior. I like her. It's, children warriors are fun. Children warriors are fun. Uh, I, my first pick also comes from a Legend of Zelda game. Great. Twilight Princess. Mm. I'm talking, of course, about Mallow. Now, okay. Th- these are supposed to be our favorite characters, right? Our favorite child characters? I, I, Mallow is so... Mallow's so weird. So weird. This entire game. Yeah. Like, most of the NPC in, in Twilight Princess and, like, the designs in Twilight Princess, I am so curious to know the genesis behind them. Yeah. Because they're so weird and abstract and like super specific. I mean, I like malformed. Yeah. I don't think it's wrong to say that like one of the guiding principles in character design is ugly, right? (laughs) Like that, like, no, I think it's a perfect, it obviously was a choice. Yes. Um, and it's not, it's not necessarily that like, I'm, I don't mean that to like be critical of it, but like all the characters in the game are ugly, and not just the characters, like yeah. um, like the human characters for sure, pretty much across the board. Yeah, but some of like the face chicken thing. Oh yeah, those ukus or whatever they are. Like why? Yeah, like it, it, all of that stuff is so baffling to me that when I was uh thinking up characters, kid characters for this list, I tried to find somewhere where a creator of that game had talked about the genesis of these characters. Yeah, I mean like Mallow is six maybe but has like a baby herman from roger rabbit thing going on where like speaks much more like an adult yes um and is an entrepreneur yes is an entrepreneur looks uh it could be any gender but is a boy you wouldn't necessarily guess that right um thank you for not making me guess (laughs) i just like completely baffling choices Uh that were clearly choices where there's a part where you're doing the slingshot practice Mm -hmm. and if you aim at the kids they'll like duck or like get out of the way mallow doesn't duck no he bends backwards and stares straight up into the sky like Like, he's in like like the exorcist or the matrix (laughs) (laughs) mallow you don't know it is in bullet time like it's all so baffling that if nothing else He's so memorable. Now, people hate Mallow, and I get it because he's rude. Yeah. He's, he's mean. Very, he, like, he's very rude. runs Mallow Mart. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also, like, what a vanity project that is, right? I mean, it's basically the Walmart of Hyrule. Sure. But, I mean, like, that, I'll argue, is a vanity project as well. Putting your name on a thing? Come on, Mallow. Serve the kingdom. <laughs> um. But, I don't know. It, it's not even that, like, the first time I played through, I did not even particularly 
care for Mallow, but just the I, the amount of work that went into make, making Mallow so weird is clearly a like somebody on the Zelda team or the Zelda team as a whole was like, let's just make this as this character as like mean yeah. and weird as possible. And they did that in so many places in Twilight Princess. That's kind of my favorite part of that game. Yeah, well, and, you know, that's one of the things that I think we like about the Zelda franchise in general, right? Is that it? they will they will put something, like, unpleasant and specific in a game. That's what Tingle is, right? Like, Tingle is uh, singular and a little bit upsetting and, like, unpleasant, but, like, you also kind of love it. Um, and I think Mallow falls right into that category. Yeah, you love the dedication to the joke, if nothing else. That's right. Um, good answer. Um, my second child character um, is Mike Jones from Star Tropics. Um, I'm unclear on exactly how old Mike is. A young teenager is my guess, that he's maybe like 13 or 14. Um, he is a, an ace pitcher. This is something that we know about him. Plays baseball. Uh, and mostly what we know about him is that he is a stereotypical American kid as seen through the eyes of a Japanese game developer. Exactly. Red hair. <laughs> Freckles. Freckles. Uh-huh. I, what I like basically about... Basically a young Ron Howard. He's basically a young Ron Howard meets young Indiana Jones. A little bit of Ferguson from Clarissa Explains It All in there. Why not? That makes me like him a little less. <laughs> Isn't the Ron Howard part enough, Mark? <laughs> um, I like Mike because he uh, is so chill with any adventure that gets thrown at him. Um, he's uh, traveling through time, and he's like, all right, man, I don't know. I'm going to find these Tetraminos. I'm and from Seattle. I'm, I'm from totally Se cool with <laughs> it. Uh, and also, like, he is just such a transparent, um, like, what he is is just where Mallow is cloaked in mystery and where, like, someone made these decisions and I don't understand why, uh, Mike makes perfect sense. We can draw a straight line through what the Japanese know about Americans to and through Mike Jones. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that fast food isn't featured more prominently <laughs> in the Star Tropic series. Yeah, yeah, like, why doesn't... But Coca-Cola is. Uh, that's true, because the, the island, that's one of the islands. And actually, all of the islands are something cola. Um, man, I, I, I wish that there was another entry in that series, just so we could see, like, what the actual trajectory there was. Because, like, the, those two games are so different thematically from each other that I would just love to see one more take at it so we could be like, ah, that's what Star Tropics is. It, it would be really interesting to see uh, what, like, a modern version of Mike Jones is. Yeah. Just, like when we got a modern punch out with the Wii punch out yes. to see like those updated stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that updated, like uh, American Seattle boy stereotype. Let's see it. Uh, speaking of updated Seattle boy stereotype. Very interesting. My next pick is Nestor. All right. All right, Mark, you are speaking my language. Okay, so Nestor, way back in the day, was featured in early issues of Nintendo Power. That's right. Um, it was like Nestor, who was this teenage boy, and uh, Howard. Yes. Who was based on Howard. I'm blanking on his last name right now. Uh, yeah, I also don't know his last name. Or is, or is that his last name? And his first name was... Uh, Hold on, I'm Googling Okay, Howard, great. Uh, Howard anyways, he was an executive at Nintendo who eventually left to go to LucasArts. Uh, Lincoln Howard? Is that his name? 
Howard Phillips. Howard Phillips. Okay. Um, and yeah, so Nestor was only featured. He shows up occasionally. He showed up occasionally in other games as cameos, but was only featured in one game. And this is also speaking your language, Patrick. Yes. Because it was Nestor's Nestor's funky funky bowling bowling for the Virtual Boy. (laughs) Yes. Where they invented. Okay. First of all, Nestor. By this point, Nestor was never like a hugely popular character no but there was a the uh full page comic strip howard and nestor appeared in every issue of nintendo power so um i wonder if because the virtual boy came out in 1995 um i wonder if they were still doing howard and nestor's by that point probably i don't know but okay Uh, they also invented a female version of nestor who we had never seen before named hester because there had to be a boy and a girl avatar sure. for this bowling game. Um, it's just so dumb. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, look, I think that uh, Nestor is one of those pieces of uh, Nintendo history that uh, has had such a weird trajectory. And I don't know why they haven't pulled him out of retirement to just, like, be in something. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. He feels exciting to me. Like, let's see Nestor. Uh, let's see him like bumbling around, screwing stuff up, or let's see him bowl again. I don't care. <laughs> he should have been an unlockable in Wii Bowling. Yes. Well, I mean, 100%. He should be a trophy in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate if he's not already. Right. That, that way we can get some of those banging Nestor's Funky Bowling tracks. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what the music sounds like. I have no idea like what it sounds like. But I imagine it sounds like boom, 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 oh, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. So funky. <laughs> I mean, I just have funk coming out of my pores. That's so right. I funk by accident. Um, that's a good. That's a good pick. N- Nestor is a, a a wonderful pick. Um, my next uh, child is actually two children. They are Dinah and Might, who are moles. They're mole people from Moleville in Super Mario RPG. Patrick, yes. when we were kind of like talking around our lists earlier yeah you were like oh i have two children yeah and i assumed i was like there's no way that we can't both have two the same two children on our list do you have this same set of no two i don't oh. which is what makes Woo. this so miraculous oh okay well Dinah- so tell me about your children okay so these children they're moles or they're mole people at any rate um when mario comes to moleville um in super mario rpg uh, it's something like the third star or something like that is buried in uh, the, the coal mine, which has collapsed with miners inside. So Mario, being the good hero that he is, goes in to uh, rescue. And the, the children are also stuck in the mine for some reason. I don't believe the children are miners, but they are moles. Anyway, um, you go in and you are exploring this mine uh, and you rescue Dinah and Might. Um, Dinah is, uh, the little girl. Might is the, Might is like a baby. Like he's, he's in a little like pouch on her back. Um, and they show you to the mine cart that you ride to get out of there and like play some cool little mini game, um, that you can then after you do it, like the ones to escape the mine, you can also do it again, just like get coins and stuff. Um, but that's it. They're just little mole kids. Uh, and you meet their parents, and their names are Ma Mole and Pa Mole. <laughs> so, like, they're the quintessential mole family. <laughs> that's it. Um, Dinah okay. and Mite. Okay, so my uh, two kids that yes. are inseparable yes. are Timmy and Tommy Nook from the Animal Crossing series. Very good. Uh, they 
Tom Nook's children. No, that's the no, thing. No, they not? are not. I know. What? They are somehow maybe related to Tom Nook. I think in earlier games it was hinted that they were like nephews or something, like a Donald Duck uh, he would do in Lou relationship. But I guess it does that beg has the question. Been debunked? Or not debunked. That has been like since like decanonized. Oh, okay. Now right. it, they're just like uh, two little nooklings. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's easy enough to explain away just being like, uh, they call him uncle because. You got to call the older man that takes care of you something. <laughs> right. Uh, Timmy and Tommy Nook, uh, they, they too are entrepreneurs, yes? Yeah, they are. So There's a through line here for you, Mark. <laughs> Before, uh, I, I mean, I should be running for business or for president. Yeah, you I, should be running for business. <laughs> I should be running for business. <laughs> um, Timmy and Tommy Nook. Yeah. They worked at Nookington's, which is Tom Nook's store. Uh, when you... Before New Leaf. So before in all the games prior to New Leaf, when you uh, expanded Nookington's and got the second floor, they would be up at the top. They're always, like, so nice, so polite. Um, they're very cute. And then after, yes, they're adorable. Mm-hmm. And then after New Leaf, or in New Leaf, they had a store of their own. Yes. Um, but yeah, they're adorable. I, apparently, I always assumed they were Tanukis, and they are in Japan. But outside of Japan, they're just localized as raccoons, which oh, I didn't realize. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that the Nooks were just raccoons. I mean, Tom Nook is so close to Tanuki that, like... Right, clearly. Th- they are Tanukis. <laughs> like. Well, I guess it's the same thing as... I, no, but see, that's the thing. is like in Super Mario Brothers 3, mm-hmm. our, is, it, it is the Tanuki suit, right? You get a Tanuki suit, but there's also a feather that mm-hmm. gives you just, like, raccoon powers. Ah, I see. So... Yeah, I mean, there's like, there's some, they're two discrete things, so I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. uh, Timmy and Tommy Nook are really cute. I love them. Um, no, that's great. And I, I like that they present like a uh, a less harsh version version of capitalism. Like Tom Nook has you under his thumb the whole game. You're paying off your mortgage to him forever. And he like pretends to be your friend, but right, really but is just like digging your hole deeper. It's like when you see your landlord and he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And you're like... You take all of my money. <laughs> I'd be doing better. Yeah, if you took less of my money. Um, the, the, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good pair, Mark. Um, my next child, uh, and maybe we will have to debate whether or not this counts a, as a child. Uh, I am talking, of course, about the baby, the Metroid that Samus rescues or... Yeah, rescues because the planet explodes at the end of Metroid 2. Um, and that she then uh, gives over to the Galactic uh, Federation. S- yeah, the scientists there. And they study it. And then uh, Ridley escapes with it. And there's this whole thing. <laughs> you don't want to describe the entire plot of wanna, Other M? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to describe all of Other M. And I also, you know, I mean, like, I, I, love, I love that the it is a Metroid that forms an emotional attachment to mm-hmm. Samus, um, saves her at the Metroid end. Metroid Other M, M-O-M. Yes, mom. God, that game and its mother imagery. <laughs> it's so... Like ham fisted is for not the cheap enough. seats. Yeah, it is like it is shouting to the cheap seats. It is uh the cheap seats have been replaced by subwoofers <laughs> that people are sitting on. It just goes mom, 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 mom. mom. Um but yeah, I think it's fair to call this a baby. Okay, great. Uh, I mean she does over and over again <laughs> in other M. Uh and I 
and it, it is also hard to talk about this Metroid further because its only personality characteristics are that it seems to care for Samus. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it is a Metroid and basically <laughs> a life-sucking monster. Um, but it's weirdly cute sometimes. Yeah. It can be, for sure. Yeah. Um, so here's one that we could also potentially debate. This is good. I like it when we can debate our choices. Mega Man? Oh, now that is interesting. Because he's programmed, Mm -hmm. according to the research I did, (laughs) to be like 10 years old-ish. Uh-huh. But is this a Steven Spielberg's artificial intelligence situation where what it doesn't mean for Mega Man to have feelings or emotions? Like, is he a child or is he just a robot that has been programmed to look like a child? I mean, which is weird in its own right. Right. And is that really just to make him more like Astro Boy? Is that like really all that is? Mm, I would assume so. Um, Or at least maybe more relatable to the kids. I mean, that's that's probably the the real thing is that uh, he's he's a kid to be. It's not like like being programmed to be 10 years old has any bearing on anything that happens in that game. No, none whatsoever. Um, I do think it is interesting that uh, here in the States and I guess everywhere outside of Japan, um, we call him Mega Man, uh, so that like man is built into his name, uh, but that's not his name is Rock. Yeah, I mean, but the title of the series is Rock Man. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, not but maybe a- it's man in like the universal, you know, like brotherhood of man. Oh, sure. If if he sense. were named now, he'd be Rock Bro. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Let let's let let's count him as a kid. Um, and he certainly also has a uh. A paternal relationship to uh, Doctor Light. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I think that all that all holds together. I like Mega Man. He's uh he's good. He's got a sister. I mean, yeah, and like a Metro- dog. Like Metroid, love the dog. Yeah, like Metroid, he doesn't really have a ton of personality. Yeah. Um. So it's it's tough too. But you know, how do you not love Mega Man? Yeah. Uh, my next uh next child, Nine Volt, from the WarioWare. Uh, franchise. Um, so specifically, I'm thinking about his appearances in uh, the later games and um, in uh, WarioWare Gold. There's that, it's called the the Creeping Gamer or the Sleeping Gamer or something like that, where you are playing, uh, where 9Volt is playing WarioWare uh, micro games in bed and you have to stop playing whenever his mom is around. Um, and his mom can walk by the window. She can come in through the door. She can also come out through the TV like the girl in the ring. Um, but it's just, it's just great that he's, like, he's your guide through this. And like, he's actually the one playing these games. Uh, and so when you push L and R together, he's the one hiding under the covers. Yeah, there's a great uh, Smash Brothers level kind of built around this mechanic as yes. well. Um, and also just like as a kid... Um, it's, so he, he's, he's a child. He's in like, uh, you know, fourth grade or something, but he's obsessed with retro video games and old school, uh, classic games. Uh, and his, his only friend is 18 volt who appears to be a grown man, right? This yeah. guy, this guy is like wearing track suits and is like tall. Maybe There's he's definitely a child, like I a, know. I, I feel like you get like a Donkey Diddy Kong vibe. Totally. From this where you're like, how old is Donkey Kong? He's wearing a tie. So he has a job. Well, you can wear a tie without a job. That's true. I've if you're going to church <laughs> or a funeral. <laughs> Great point. Maybe Tony Kong's grandmother died, and he's he did. Always Brinkley Kong this dies. Tie. That's right. You know what? We answered these. You're right. It's unknowable. Asked and answered. <laughs> um, 
but I like that they have a they have a bond over uh, music and retro games. Uh, so maybe Nine Volt uh, has like the tastes of an older person, mm-hmm. um, and you know then also plays these games in bed and tries to hide it from his mom. Plus that helmet he wears is dope too. It's a great helmet. Yeah, it's like a yellow helmet with like a light bulb in it. I want to get me one of those. You know, I might have brought up Donkey Kong Country a little bit earlier because. My next pick, and final, I think, pick, yeah. is Dixie Kong, oh. not Diddy Kong. Okay. And I, originally, I was like, oh, Diddy Kong, of course. But then I thought back to the episode we did where we ranked the Kongs. Yes. And I believe Dixie Kong was ranked higher. And one of the arguments I put forth for her was that I find in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, I yes. find her like extra little up jump. Yeah, she gets to be much more helpful more than um, Diddy Kong's. Yes. So uh, for that reason, I'm choosing Di- uh, Dixie. Uh, okay, so I I will push back on this just enough to discuss how old we think. I mean, obviously they're monkeys, so they have different lifespans, right? But like, are if, we taking that into account? Le- I mean, let let let's let's translate them into human years. How okay. old do you think? Uh, Dixie Kong is okay. So two things. Yes, they have um no bananas. A, di- a different, a different like lifespan. Yes, but Donkey Kong is a gorilla, right? So he has a very long lifespan, like right. human. Yes, and then Diddy and Dixie are chimpanzees, right? No, but they have tails. Are they? Yeah, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what they're. Look, we're not to monkey be. experts. We no, don't we're know. Not. Um, no, but uh, I guess my point is, yes. I, th- I think that they're about 13. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's my, cause I think they're like, you know, that makes me hate their, uh, win stances in, uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 a little bit less. That she, oh, okay. That she like pulls out a guitar and that he pulls out like a, a boom, boom box. box. Um, I mean, it's super annoying, but what else do you expect? From a 13 year old? Right. Absolutely. Exactly. If they were a little bit older, you'd be like, get it together. Yeah. Be like, if they were a little bit younger, some chill. you'd just be jealous that they had an electric guitar and a boom box. Totally. <laughs> um, all right. All right. So we, we will accept uh, canonically and relatively they're 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, around there. They're sure. preteens for sure. And, okay. like, Donkey is a little bit older. He can probably drive. I mean, we've seen them both drive go-karts. Right. They drive go-karts. Yeah. That's not quite the same. No. Okay, Mark, now that we have laid out all of these children characters on the table, we need to determine if uh, we want to go through and decide who of these characters should be emancipated from their guardians. Okay, so to run down my list real fast, it's yes. Nestor, Mallow, Dixie Kong, Timmy and Tommy Nook and Mega Man, who I think I chose a list of really strong yeah. women or <laughs> some, some children. <laughs> yes. Some some of which are women. Yes. Um, and I don't really know that they need to be emancipated because they are kind of taking matters into their own hands. Run them down again? Nestor. Uh-huh. Uh, who like Unknown guardianship. Uh, unknown guardianship. Presumably has a family. It sounds to me like we are determining who should be emancipated and okay. who should not be. Yes, I okay, agreed. Great. Agreed. We're shaking hands over the right. table. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Nestor. A little behind the scenes look here. We actually did not touch hands. <laughs> and uh, I- I'm over here trying to figure out if that says something about me. <laughs> I mean, through the magic of radio, you were never supposed to know that. Right. You well, I'm, you but I'm, I'm pulling back the curtain here. I'm... I'm <laughs> Putting on the mask and revealing, like the masked magician. 
<laughs> all right, all right. So Nestor uh, has has no no guardian. No, no, no. Assu- presumably he has a guardian. Oh, okay. But he has like a fine guardian, right? We're not worried about his yes. well-being, but he's obviously not mature enough to strike out on his own. No, no, no. He's got to like make peace with Howard first and yeah. then uh, prove that he's mature enough. I think he just has like a normal upbringing. Sure. And so, yeah, did, I mean, em- to emancipation, ma- to be fair, pr- pretty dramatic move. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so whoever his guardians are, you know, whether they're grandparents or right. just like a single parent, um, maybe he has like a a lesbian. Maybe he has a lesbian. <laughs> maybe he's got two moms. Maybe he's got two dads. Exactly. It seems plenty stable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's fine, right? Um, Mallow. Uh, too young to be emancipated. Too young to be emancipated, but it seems like he's already emancipated himself. Right. right. Just bad parenting. Right. Are his parents still alive? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yes, we beat them in the game. Yeah. But like he or the dad at least. So Mallow gets kidnapped very early in the game, uh-huh. right? And then gets returned to Kakariko Village, which isn't where he's from, right? He's back. He's from the original village that uh, that Link and all the rest of the kids are from. And then he just never goes home. He just opens up Mallow Mart in he, Kakariko Village. Yeah, he's. Is this true? I think so. Okay. Uh, he's basically already emancipated. Yeah. I guess is is my uh-huh. uh, is my argument. And ma- there. the law of the land is that. He's emancipated. There you go. Um, doesn't need to be because he is. Right. Uh, Dixie Kong or and Diddy Kong. Uh, no, they need better guardians. They do need better guardians. We need to get a Jane Goodall in there. <laughs> uh, Timmy and Tommy Nook doing fine. Yeah. Uh, and Mega Man. I mean, Mega Man does need to be extricated from the situation. But when you're the hero, you don't really have any option. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a real problem because uh, Mega Man, uh, Rock, and Roll were both designed like to be uh, like companion robots. Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as uh, Doctor Wily turns a couple of robots evil, then it's then it's like, well, sorry, Dad says that you got to fight robots now. He he needs to be emancipated. He needs to be out of that out of that home. But do you? He's think- turned into a weapon. Do you think this is a um, jungle to jungle type situation? You will need to explain yourself. <laughs> uh, jungle to jungle was a movie from the nineties, uh-huh. um, starring Tim Allen, where like his, I, I believe it was a remake of a French movie, a very successful French movie. But the premise of this movie is that Tim Allen is just like your average everyday, uh, working too hard nineties guy, white guy, white straight guy, and his wife worked was like a scientist in, I believe the either uh south america like the jungles of south america or of africa i can't sure remember she, which she, one it was she was fostering diddy and donkey <laughs> diddy, yes. diddy and dixie exactly yeah. um j- watching from a distance not getting involved in their lives but right. just like documenting it and she like adopts a kid or has, has a kid, kid um and he like grew up in the jungle and so he gets brought back to the city to live with tim allen and um hijinks and Dixie, yeah mm-hmm. I can't even remember how we got. You on said this. that Mega Man somehow is a jungle to jungle situation. Oh, me- where he just needs to be. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, I I think where I was going with that, and it was so long ago that who can even really you, know? No one can. That, uh, like Mega Man, it, this is like a uh somebody like leaving a cult or something. Like he would have to be oh, like sure. reacclimated into society, literally reprogrammed. Yes. Yeah. Which, like, that's a dramatic step. 
for yeah. a 10-year-old. It is, but I think it is worth taking because right now he is a weapon. Are he, you, he's been radicalized. Are you willing to give up the safety that he provides for this robot's own well-being? Did we just write the sequel to Ex Machina? I think we did. So, yes, but I agree with you. For his benefit, mm-hmm. he should be emancipated. The question of the greater good be answered in a forthcoming podcast. I mean, I, sure. I, th- I think you can just make another robot, one that doesn't have, like, human blood or, like, a consciousness like Mega Man does. Mega Man has human blood. Did or you know also, that? He has human blood. Also, don't make him 10. Yeah, don't make him 10. Make him, like, a uh, like super soldier. Make a RoboCop. <laughs> make a Terminator. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, my should they be emancipated uh-huh. list. Uh, Medley, the Rito uh, chieftain's daughter from Wind Waker. I feel like uh, she has a role to serve in that family. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that. Yeah, it seems she, her, she's like good home structure is sound. Absolutely. Mike Jones from Star Tropics. Who is his guardian? His guardian is not uh, Dr. His, Jones, right, his, his uncle. uncle. Um, he's got parents back in seattle presumably who keep sending him on these like vacations to like uncharted islands maybe he should be emancipated well i mean there's nothing inherently wrong mm. with uncharted islands as a vacation spot but mm. he's like but, sent off on a quest yeah right in the first game well he's sent to just to visit his uncle on this uncharted island oh see that seems fine to me yeah i guess that is fine May- like i yeah. th- i would be totally psyched fun. if i was yeah. like 12 it is interesting that when... I mean, he, I'd be psyched now. Yeah. It is interesting that when he gets to the island and discovers that his uncle is missing, uh, that he doesn't think to, like, call home. No. Although, I guess, how's he going to do that? He's on an island. He doesn't have a cell phone. It's the early 90s, yeah, it's like late 1991. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, okay, so Mike Jones probably okay. I mean, he has other problems. As in, like, he should maybe, I mean, maybe this is saying a lot about me, maybe he should just be less adventurous. You know, like, your uncle's missing, uh, maybe contact the authorities, don't, like, go on this whole quest. Yeah, but time is of the essence here. Aliens are involved. He doesn't know that at the time, but aliens are involved. That's right. Um, so it's good that he takes care of it on his own instead of, because, look, if you call the authorities and they're like, aliens are involved, you know who's going to get looped in then? The men in black. Oh, yeah. And then you're not going to remember anything. Dinah and Might, the mole children from Moleville in Super Mario RPG. I mean, it, they seem fine, just caught up in an unfortunate circumstances. I think that's right. Um, and, like, maybe you could say that their uh, parents, like, you know, uh, brought them into a dangerous life of mining. But also they're moles. Right. Like, uh, it seems like that's, that's what their life is and would be no matter what. So I say they, they stay with their family. Here's a tough one. Okay. The baby... Metroid from Super Metroid. Who is the Metroid's guardian? Samus? Well, here we go back to the fundamental question. Yes. Of is the Metroid, like, do we consider the Metroid yeah. like a person? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this an animal or even like a uh, face hugger from the alien series right. where we yeah need to eradicate it even though one is showing affection for a human and and just for one human like there is a lot of evidence throughout that game through all of its appearances that it is murdering other other people other creatures so like 
Yeah, it's still a you know a is this like an life old, force vampire, like an old Yeller situation, where sure. you know like we need to emancipate it from me- life. <laughs> exactly, the Metroid is rabid. Yeah, and for the greater good. Yep, it needs to be put down. I think that is correct. That hurts me to say because I like it as I, I like it. I mean, it'll continue to exist in that form. It's right. just that like. I mean, also it does die at the end of Super Metroid, right? Like that's also true. That's a that's a a truism. Um, okay, and then finally, nine volt from the WarioWare games. I everything seems fine to me there. Okay, but are you sure? Again, his mother pops out of the TV, like she is the girl in the ring. So look, maybe it's an unconventional family. Sure. Right? Maybe mom is possessed by the devil. <laughs> but is he being bed yes taken care of it does seem like he has a comfortable bed he has a bedtime mm-hmm. so his mom is concerned with him like getting the amount of sleep that he needs to be able to function in the world also i guess uh, since he is obsessed with video games that she has found that one of the only ways that she can connect to him is appearing through the tv that's right i mean that that's just good involved parenting all right so he he stays he stays with his family so i feel like n- most of yours were no they're fine uh yes that's correct and then a lot of mine were like iffy they were all entrepreneurs should i be running for business <laughs> you should be running for business and the only one of these that should really be emancipated is the baby metroid from life um all right mark let's close this out I'd love to hear about other people's favorite children characters from the world of Nintendo. And also, uh, should they be emancipated? Well, I'm just going to decide that that's part of it now. That's 100%. You would email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com. Um, and if you don't want to do that, just have a, a fun 4th of July. Eat a hot dog. Watch some fireworks. Have a good time. Enjoy the day off. Uh, unless you're listening to this after the 4th of July. Or which, not in the United States. Or not in the United... Well, but I mean, come on. Watch some fireworks anyway. You don't have to be in the United States to enjoy fireworks. That's a great point. Um, also, if fireworks are not legal or safe where you live, uh, you know, don't, don't set them off. Also a great point. <laughs> I'm loving everything you're laying down, Patrick. <laughs> Mark, thank you. I feel, I feel uh, supported uh, and We're heard. shaking hands again so across the table. Again, we are not actually shaking hands. <laughs> Although you did extend your hand to me this time, which was a nice change of pace uh okay please uh review and like and subscribe like i don't think i've ever asked for anyone to like us before i mean we're constantly asking for your validation but that is true but um, the show the show cannot subscribe that's right and rate and, and review. review um if you like the episode you should share it somewhere on facebook or twitter uh helps us out a lot um on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at Nincart society uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.